Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to the broad street hockey green room live post game my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening Woo! i can't believe the boys weren't pumped up for keith yandel's big night you know the whole season built around keith yandel's streak and boy oh boy did they come out and really honor their veteran leader tonight uh, just an A-plus effort all around from yours, mine, and our Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we. I don't really even care about Yandel anymore. He tied the streak. He'll beat it tomorrow. Uh, it, it's pointless. Like, the streak only – he's only getting this streak because he had the streak going. Like, the only thing keeping him – in a regular NHL lineup is the fact that he had the streak. So it's meaningless to begin with. Uh, He's on a team that doesn't have six NHL defensemen. It's like, yeah, play someone over him. Ooh. Uh, But, you know, with or without Keith Yandel, this team would suck. Uh, Honestly, they lost in regulation tonight, and that's good. Every win, uh, which, you know, it's been a long time, but every win, every loser point, you know, every overtime or shootout loss where they get that one single point, um, it's antithetical to the to the goal of this season. Now, the goal of this season is to sink as low as possible, be as bad as humanly possible, uh, get the best, have the best possible chance of scoring a uh, a difference making player in the upcoming draft. That's it. That's all this season is about. Um, I mean, they'd have to win out to, like, even be close to the playoffs at this point. Like, that is so far uh, from a reality. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, So now it's really – we're rooting against them. Uh, I I know – I say all the time, like, you know, yeah, you know, you want them to tank. But, like, when a Philadelphia Flyer takes a shot, I want it to go in. When a shot is taken at the Flyer's net, I don't want it to go in. You know what? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> actively rooting against them is the only path forward. It's, it's uh, honestly, it's the only thing that's going to make this season a little bit enjoyable because you're going to come out on the winning end quite a lot. If you're actively rooting against the Philadelphia Flyers winning only hurts them. So tonight losing and losing in regulation is absolutely a stellar outcome. They accomplished the goal tonight. Good for you, Philadelphia Flyers. All right, let's get to the callers. Let's lead it off with Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hello? Uh, yeah, there you are. What's up, Warren? How you doing? Uh, I'm well tonight. 
Boy, I'll tell you that that they they'll lose tomorrow because the Flyers just at this point with the injuries just did them in beyond that they're not a good team and now they're playing like fourth stringers in there. Um, what what are your thoughts on Fletcher's press conference on Wednesday? I mean, is there a question you would like to ask him? I know I'd like to ask him, you know, what his plan is to to make this team competitive again and to pour Stanley Cup. And how long it's going to take? Yeah, I just well, first of all, I'd like to uh, I just like to see that he's alive. You know, I think that's the most important thing. Like it, it's it's an embarrassment, Warren, that like they had a ten game winning streak or a ten game losing streak, excuse me, and all he did was get rid of the coach, uh, and now they're on a twelve game losing streak, and they've done nothing. Like, I'm not saying there was some magical trade that could be made, but from a, the offseason was all about, all right, we think we're pretty good. We have to change the culture. We have to get a couple different things going in this locker room. And that was true to, to some extent. Uh, but when you see all this going on and the season just collapsing around you, and sure, there are injuries and shit, absolutely. But when you're in a free fall and you make – Zero moves the entire time. What are you doing? Like, what do you see? Do you think the answers are in this locker room? Because if you do, what are the questions? I just don't think at this point there's anything he can do. Oh, I don't no. Think there it's, is. it's too far gone now. But, like, I don't know. When the team loses 10 in a row the first time, maybe make a trade. Like I, yeah, it just, yeah, that doesn't seem insane to me. They were only a couple of points out when that streak ended. Well, you know the problem, and I've always had with Fletcher is, uh, his he set them up for failure. They just the way the team was built with a lot of slow center icemen, injury prone center icemen that aren't in, on the ice right now. They've missed a lot of games, and we just don't have the depth. And they're they're not Hall of Famers, but they're decent players. But we don't have any depth behind Couturier and Hayes. And they're not going to win us a Stanley Cup to begin with. I don't understand any of these signings. I just don't. I just think he's got no strategy. No, and uh, they they built a team on depth. And while they may have had it when – you know, their 12 regular healthy forwards were available. As soon as they lose one guy, all the dominoes but, came came crashing down. But it, like, wasn't this, a, this was a, it wasn't a team that was competitive with the better teams in this conference and, and or in hockey. They had a decent team two years ago, and then they, they kind of choked in the playoffs. They ran out of gas, and that's that's it. They haven't – they've never gotten their – uh, it's just been lousy the last two years. I, uh, you can make all the excuses you want, but we need to get a leader in here. You know, we need to start building a team around a. I don't know where you're going to get this player, but we need a top-notch center. We, you know, I think we have a pretty good goalie. Uh, we need a first-pairing defense, and then we need to start there. Right now, I don't see a strategy. I don't know what the hell they're doing. The strategy now, and thanks a lot, Warren, they're going to get those players by losing and drafting them. That's the only way. Maybe you get lucky um, and a superstar wants to come here after you've had a little bit of success in the draft, uh, like the Rangers. 
Um, you have the goaltender, have a couple of years where you're in the top five of the draft, and then uh, maybe someone does eventually want to come here. But it's uh, it would be pointless to go out and sign somebody at this point because there's no combination of guys you could bring in to like actually fix this thing. It, like if they went out and got Johnny Goudreau with this current group, it would be just a team that scores one more goal a night, but still loses every like that's, you know, it, it, there's no there's no path out of this other than lose out, basically. Uh, Harris Barnes, Harris, you're live on the post game. Uh, can you hear me, Bill? I got you. How are you doing tonight, Harris? Doing fine. Um, interesting game. Well, not really because it was kind of boring, but like the Flyers didn't play badly, but obviously they didn't play well either. It was uh, kind of a Dallas Stars kind of game, and then obviously they lost. So, I mean, kind of positive in the fact that, yeah, you, you don't grab any points and you didn't look absolutely terrible. It just wasn't interesting at all. Yeah, and that's when you say it's a Dallas Stars kind of game, that's exactly what this team is. Whatever the other team is trying to do, that's the type of game it'll be. And this was insanely boring. Like, I mean, there were no penalties in the game. Uh, the scoring chances were at the end, there was a flurry uh, with uh, the Dallas getting the uh, go ahead goal. Flyers had a little push. But, I mean, for 55 minutes of this game, very little was going on. Uh, and that's just, yeah, that's just who they are. They they don't have any offensive firepower. They have a pretty good goalie, and the defense is subpar. That's they're a team that's just gonna lose games like this, three one. It's kind of ironic when we're talking about Yandel. So the two teams he played most of his career with are the uh, Panthers and Coyotes. And as soon as he comes to the Flyers, the Flyers basically become what the Coyotes and Panthers have been for most of their existence. A team with good goaltending now and no scoring. Yeah, pretty much it. Um, but yeah, I mean, what they're going to—they're in sixth in the draft lottery odds. Uh, they're getting better and better positioning. Maybe they get lucky moving to the top two. But um, it's such. Yeah, I just don't know what they're going to do other than yeah, obviously. The team gets healthier, but they're still like 12th worst in the league. They're not going to move into like a top 10 team in the league. They're still going to be picking 12th or 13th with with everyone there. So this is just a mediocre team and nothing's really happening. Yeah, I mean, it's they're going to have to make a huge fire sale here. Uh, I think leading up to this deadline, you move everybody with one year left on their deal as much as you get as much as you possibly can for these guys. And then in the off season, you know, JVR will only have one year left on his deal and you can retain some salary. You'll be able to move him. Um, I think Hayes and Atkinson are guys worth keeping around as veteran leaders for a new young core. But obviously if anyone calls you up about them, you don't say no. And then what do you really have left? Couturier and Ryan Ellis, who doesn't play. Uh, I don't think any of these players are, guys who will keep you mediocre the way Giroux and Jake did. Like Giroux and Jake in their primes stopped the Flyers from being bad and kept them mediocre. While I like the players I just named, I don't think any of them are good enough to like will the team to be 500. And uh, before I go, like on 
the stars front, I'm a huge fan of Robertson. I think he's a really good player. I like that line with him and Hintz and Pavelski. And Robertson and the scoring that he gives Dallas is kind of what the Flyers need. I mean, he was picked after Ratcliffe and Frost. And, yeah, Frost has skills, but he's not he's not producing at all. Um, and, and Dallas, usually a team that doesn't really develop players that well, is starting to do that, and, and the Flyers have just gotten worse and worse with it. Yeah, and that's it's exactly what they're missing. Uh, affects a lot, Harris. Like, yeah, you know, the injuries to the top end players have killed the Flyers. But before these guys, except for Ellis, because he only played a handful of games, before these guys were out of the lineup, the middle of the order, you know, the middle of the lineup. I was about to say the middle of the order still couldn't hit. Like the middle of the lineup still couldn't score. You were getting no depth scoring, uh, and that's. That's the type of production you have to get lucky. You do have to find those guys. Like you said, you know, Robertson was drafted after Ratcliffe. You need to be able to find those guys in the, you know, late first uh, through the second round, guys who are going to contribute uh, all, you know, what we thought Nicholas Albe Kubel was going to be. You need to be able to find those players. They just have gotten uh, insanely unlucky or ha- have been awful at evaluating the talent, whatever it is. Um, yeah, they need to lose and lose badly to uh, get top of the draft players. But you also need to look at those second and third rounds as this is where you find value. You get a guy here, he'll always be a little cheaper uh, because of where you got him, you know, and they just haven't been able to hit on any of those. Uh, Chris Krochak, Chris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going, man? How are you tonight, Chris? I'm doing all right. Um, so, you know, I'm wondering, uh, obviously it's, it's rebuild mode now, but you know, after having, uh, him or Chuck Fletcher here for what, what's it like almost four years now, three and a half, something like that. I mean, under his watch, he's now had two consecutive seasons spiral out of control team let up the most goals in the NHL last year. And now he has two double digit losing streaks in the same season. I mean, no matter what nice moves he might have made in the offseason, how can a guy keep his job and justify being the guy that's going to lead a rebuild with, with that on his resident? You know, that, that gets people fired. No, yeah, I, you can't possibly trust him to do it. And, like, I don't think – he's probably just average. He's just an average general manager. He's no better and no worse than anyone. He's just dead in the middle. Uh, but, yeah, like, I just don't see how you can sit there on your hands – uh, like in between his two active off seasons, that first one where he got Hayes, Niskanen, and Braun, and this last one uh, where he got Ellis and uh, all the players he brought in, Broussard, and he, he had a good off season. We thought in between these two active off seasons, he did nothing. He brought in nothing. Nate Thompson, uh, Derek Grant, and Eric Gustafson. Those were his moves. He never makes in-season moves, except for those two bums I just named. And he had an off-season where the where the a big ticket item was Eric Gustafson. Like, uh, you know, uh, what is he actually doing? What the yeah. fuck is his job? How, like, how come nothing? They they've lost what, fuck like every game since November basically, and they haven't made a single roster move. Oh yeah, let's bring up Jackson Cates. That ought to do it. Like, no, I'm sorry, bro, you ain't doing anything. I mean, he must really, really feel comfortable with his job security because. Being in this situation, most GMs would just be fighting for their lives. Like, let me make a move and show I'm trying to do something. Just anything. like I, 
like I said, like some proof of life. Fucking pick <laughs> up someone off waivers just to show me you you like still have a phone. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more, man. It, it's it's just sad. But um, you know, I wanted to ask you something that I've I've been hearing some rumors about, and curious your thoughts on it. A um, couple podcasters have been talking about Danny Briere and how he's kind of like a hot commodity right now, and he almost got the the Habs GM job and pretty highly regarded and like all, all these different like I, marty buran was interviewed by jason martinez today and he was saying like this guy's going to be a future gm so it seems like he's pretty highly regarded do you think that that's something the flyers would even explore because he's in the organization well not the organization but uh, under a team comcast owns so what like that could be a, a perfect move to maybe regain some fan trust like hey we, we're bringing in this guy nostalgic flyer player but he's fresh enough that he's not like a Paul Holmgren. Yeah, and uh, he at least fits the bill of, like, he was a really good player for us. Like, I, a couple of post games ago, it was like, why can't we, like, yeah, you know, Colorado is a former player. It's fucking Joe Sackick. Like, not Paul yeah. Holmgren. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, we got Lassie Kukin in scouting games or whoever we have. Like, it's uh, he does at least fit the bill of very good player and very good player for this franchise. I'm real torn on Briere. Because, like, man, I don't want any form. Like, I want someone totally new. I, I, I don't want someone just, like, who is orange and black, who's identifiable with this, even though he played for the team during a time when they were good. Uh, I just, I want something different. But if they are going to have some sort of nostalgic bullshit, Danny Briere seems to be highly regarded enough uh, that – You'd want to bring him in. I will say, however, the same was said about Ron Hextall. That's true. I mean, that, that's a very good point. Um, but you know, I will say, but that doesn't make Briere good or bad because of what yeah. Ron Hextall did. I'm just saying, uh, like, I want someone new. I don't want to rely on the old yeah. Flyers. Oh, let's bring in a Flyer. But I, I get the appeal, and I wouldn't be fully opposed to Briere. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, that's what they should do, but, you know, he's always been a good interview. He's clearly got a sharp hockey mind. I, I actually heard that he went back to uh, Wharton Business School to study finance. Um, so, like, he's, he's, like, a pretty smart guy from from everything I'm hearing. And, you know, I know they like to, to hire former guys, so if they're going to go that route, it, it seems like he's highly regarded. But, um, anyway, thanks for taking my call, Bill. Um, you have a good night, man. You got it, Chris. Take it easy. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to Matt. Matt, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how you doing? How are you tonight, Matt? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good here again. Um, I just want to say for uh, for Yandel's uh, opening, uh, you know, ceremony there, where he stood up and you know he gave those Queen of England waves. <laughs> who uh, who the fuck was he waving to? There was nobody in that rink. <laughs> I it was so like he didn't give like the big. Like, hello to everybody. It was just like, hello, like like he was in a parade. Like, there were people passing by him, and he was just, like, waving to them. And it was, like, he didn't – it was a very odd situation. I will say I do love the uh, – he rocks the Giroux orange-palmed gloves, and I don't understand why every player on the team doesn't have those. So I will give him credit for that, but the whole thing did – it was it was odd. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him credit – Two for there was one play I I forget somewhere in the game where uh, somebody I guess was trying to crash into Hart a little bit and he uh, he put them in a headlock and uh, 
I was just kind of thinking, you know, what, what did that player whisper to, to Yandel to get him to do that? You know, did, did he whisper Phil Kessel's name in his ear um, and make him realize, you know, how, how point of the streak is. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll try kind of one serious point here again. Um, the last time I called, you know, I tried to kind of mention some of those alumni or whatever, those guys that are still, you know, having their hands in Snyder's cookie jar that we don't hear about for Dave Brown and whatever. Right. Um, Fletcher is meeting with the media on Wednesday. It would be really refreshing. And I know some of these guys you're perhaps a little bit of, you know, friends with to hear the Philadelphia media grow a bit of courage when addressing this team. I sometimes see interviews or reporters go on at, at the Leafs or Canadian markets for New York. Um, it just seems like when Fletcher is interviewed or anybody from this organization is interviewed, the questions are so, so weak. And I get these guys kind of partially work for the organization, but at some point accountability has to be demanded here. And accountability is not Danny Briere. Danny Briere to me is another guy that has been groomed by the good old boys. If Danny Briere is the guy that's in, we need to be terrified because he's been given a stamp of approval by the same guys that have caused the problem. And anyway, to me, he's just a name that really worries me. So when that conference happens on Wednesday, I hope to see some questions that actually make Chuck sweat a little bit because this fan base deserves that deserves a bit of honesty. Uh, Absolutely. I would just like a couple callers ago, like brought up, you know, would just like to hear what the plan is. Like, I would love for Chuck Fletcher to answer, how are you going to like, it's not going to be him, whether it's now or two years from now or whatever, he's not going to bring this team back around, but like, what's he planning on doing? Like, is it his idea that, oh, yeah, well, when Couturier and Hayes and Ellis healthy, like, guess what? They ain't going to be. And if they are, something else is going to go wrong because that's what happens with this group. So you need to come up with a different plan. What is it? And, like, I would love for somebody to ask questions related to that. And, like, what are you doing to push this thing forward? It would be great to know. Yeah, it you know it would be nice just to actually you know like when the Rangers when they did that step towards a rebuild they were very upfront with their fan base about this is what we're gonna do you know prepare yourselves for some difficult years but we're doing this sacrifice to ensure that we have a proper future. This team has pushed nearly every single button, be it GM changes, coaching changes, some nonsense about changing locker room dynamics and, you know, moving out talent to try to get guys who are better cheerleaders or friends of Kevin Hayes. Um, but the one thing this organization seems to be terrified to do year after year is mention the word rebuild and they are primed to do it. It would be nice on Wednesday to hear them acknowledge that and to admit that this is what we need to do in a modern salary cap era. And we've tried everything else. It hasn't worked. And, we're actually going to do what's needed. Yeah, it would it would be awesome and just uh, and thanks a lot Matt. Yeah, it's this team needs a fresh direction and just I know he like it's not like he can come out and say I'm trading Claude Giroux like cuz leverage and they have more games to play and and all that but just I, I want someone to say to Chuck Fletcher you like the organization 
it is owed to the Philadelphia Flyers fans to trade Claude Giroux and get the best possible return to set up the best possible future. Uh, I mean, you also you have to trade a bunch of guys, like, but Giroux is the only one with like actual value. I think you can get something for uh, you know Ristolainen, and I think if Broussard's healthy, you'll get something for him. Uh, Justin Braun, I, I I think you'll get more than you think for him, but Giroux is the guy. Being able to cover Claude Giroux half of his salary, having one year left, I mean, someone is going to get Claude Giroux for a four four-ish million dollar under a four and a half million dollar cap hit, like four something. Um, they're gonna have to give up a lot to do that. I, I want to know if he like understands that responsibility, how big it is, how necessary it is. You're gonna trade a franchise, one of the best players in franchise history in order to fix the problem. Do you realize what kind of responsibility that is? Do you know how much we need you to get this right? Like, ugh. Man, this is... It's a shame it's come to this, but this is what the season's about now. Uh, Jacob Ginsburg. Jacob, you're live on the post game. Jacob, you're muted. Hit the unmute, Jake. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, Jacob, uh, if you can get back up, we'll try to get you back on. Brandon St. Randy. Brandon, you're live on the post game. Bill. How are you tonight, Brandon? Another one. I just – you're just talking about Fletcher. I just have to think, like, do you think Fletcher – like, he's a Harvard guy, right? Somebody was talking about uh, Breer being a business school guy or whatever. It don't fucking matter where you go. There's idiots everywhere. Like, I, I don't think Chuck Fletcher is <laughs> competent, but, like, I don't know. Like you were saying, asking like serious questions. I will. I will say that it's true. Like I think the media is rough, but not not as rough as it used to be on like the Flyers and everybody that goes up there. Like you know, almost fifty years, ten years of like blatant mediocrity. Like you gotta start asking some questions. But the main thing is like, do you think Fletcher really knows that he has to get like a superstar caliber player to to be the face of this team, or do you think he's just like you know, like because I know it was like two years in a row, he's like, oh, let's just run it back, you know. We didn't have enough. If I had to hear, we didn't have enough fucking practices, or we've had four games in seven nights again. Like it's just excuse after excuse from them, and I, I just want him to hear him say, like, "Yeah, we suck. I know we suck. We have to do something really different next year." Yeah, I, uh, I like he has to have. Uh, dip- regardless of what he says on Wednesday and a lot of these times, like press conferences are bullshit. It doesn't matter what guys say. It matters what they do. But like, just because they're out of like other explanations and other options, he has to realize that that's what they need. Like they've tried everything else. They've tried patching it up. They've tried bringing in more veterans. They've done this. They've done that. You know, they trade, they trade a great passer for a goal scorer. Like, you know, they've done all this shit and the team is now worse than ever. So like you have to have come to that conclusion by now. 
Do you do you think he's a yeller? Like, you think he was like hexy when they would like when they were in that like ten game or whatever, and like going down to the locker room and throwing shit? Because I just can't see them looking at him, yelling and being serious. Not that it matters, right? Like they're all grown men in that locker room, millionaires. But I I just can't see Chuck Fletcher like running down the steps, throwing the door open, and they're all like, oh god, you know what I mean? Like I just don't I don't I don't know what any of these guys like. They have a video guy on the bench. Like, they don't even – like, not that that's going to make the world of a difference, but I, it seems like you'll find it on Wednesday a little bit more of a direction. But they just seem so lost at sea with no sail, no paddle. No, and and how, many, how many unskilled goals can you have, too? Like, we're just going to keep throwing the fucking puck and hope it hits a defenseman and goes in the net? Everyone's that's like, like – you just see – you just see like how other teams score. The Flyers have now a very good goalie, and for the, you know Martin Jones coming back to life now. But for most of this season, have been getting very good goaltending, and no like what it either. takes, and what it takes for other teams to score. And the Flyers have no hope of making most of those plays. Like yeah, if Giroux and Atkinson are on the ice, they they can score a skilled goal. Otherwise, they are fucked, and they have to get lucky. Like that can't be like hoping a puck hits. JVR in the ass and bounces in cannot be like your main way to score. Like was it two nights ago? TK just throws one and it was his hundred. Yeah, it goes in. I would have threw that puck in the fucking stands. I would have never like I don't want that puck. Get away from me. Like why would you even take that home? I wouldn't even put tape on that thing. I would have just rode on. Never seen it again. What what like that? And then you see Sandheim today. Like I want them to lose every game because I want them to be better in the long run. But. How do you fucking fall in, in the going for 12 straight? You fall at the, six on five. You fall at the blue line. Just completely Dude, you fall. Watching Sanheim and like, I'm a, I thought I was at peace. I thought I was at peace with what he is. And like, he's just not as good as I hoped, but okay. He's still a useful player. No, he stinks. I was dead wrong about him. I wanted he's that guy horrible. To be so good. And he was just, he's like TK to me. Like, if he's, if he's yapping, if he's in the game, it's one thing. But that, even that backhand pass, like, it doesn't matter, like I said, in the long uh, run of things. But that guy, like, I, I always rag on him in JVR. But for the money they're making and for the, you know, they're on the first, second line, like, where's the intensity from those guys? I know you're on a losing streak. Those guys are getting paid a lot of money. Like, TK just got another uh, uh, contract, yet, like, was it a year ago, two years ago? Like, yeah. Where is that intensity at from those guys? Uh, and one thing that really bothers me, how many fucking wraparound attempts are we oh, going to see man. before you realize you can't do it? Maybe I, some guys are good at it. You're not one of those guys. I, feel like like I am so sick of the wraparound. Please center the puck. Just, Please pass it from behind the net. Tell me, tell me you know what I'm talking about, though, real quick. You know that stupid, like, that, that power play play that Simmons used to do all the time where, like, he would be in front of the net and do that spin around, and he's in so close that he can't roof the puck. And yes. Just, like, they were doing that for five years. Like, that's awful <laughs> that you were doing that up until last year and a little bit this year. And then this year they were like, all right, guys, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to do the bank play off the boards for, like, two months, and we're going to see how that goes. Like, they, they the power play's been bad all year, but the failure to recognize that like this doesn't work and that there's, there's three guys getting paid millions of dollars on the bench to be like, guys, that's not the play. Like nobody's yelling that at all. Either way, power play don't matter. Just 
know. Yeah, the uh, the JVR down low play, like that uh, backhand forehand move oh. uh, where he tries to roof it and never does. You don't have like Patty, you know, Patty Kane's hands, bud. You just don't. Yeah, exa- like, exactly. Like, you're not the one. So you aren't the one who can that. pull that one off. He's haunted by that, dude. Thanks, Bill. All right, thanks a lot, Brandon. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, just like it does see like we're we're talking about little micro things here and like the big picture is this team this organization is like directionless but you just see it like it manifests itself in these banging your head against the wall plays every single night like tk trying another wraparound oh yeah maybe this one will work bro maybe this is the one you know you haven't scored in two fucking years but you know here here's the wraparound that's gonna work uh yeah uh they are a very frustrating team i am we're not gonna get any answer we are not gonna like what we hear on wednesday like uh this isn't (laughs) this isn't a prediction this is a spoiler we're all gonna be annoyed by chuck fletcher's press conference on wednesday but that's why I want the questions asked so at least, like, the ideas are – he can never claim ignorance. He can never be like, I wasn't – you know, oh, that that thought never occurred to me. Like, I just hope certain things are said so that, like – you can point at him and go, well, you know, fucking Charlie O'Connor told you or whoever. It doesn't have to be Chuck. I'm just uh, whoever, you know. Hunter Moyer, Hunter, you're live on the post game. Yo, what's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Hunter? Not bad. Uh, so I'm at the point where it's like <laughs> when people bitch about this team on social media that they're losing, but I'm okay with it. I want like, it. Like, I keep, want them to them lose. Losing. Like, people are like, they're not fucking scoring. Well, I don't care. Like, good. <laughs> good. You know, they're, they're, I told you this, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that this team has to be on a loop. Like, they're just not trying. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're trying. I mean, in a game that is, like, yeah, it, you know, the best teams eventually are the best teams. But, like, look at everyone's record for the most part. You know, it's a game of parody. It's hockey. There's goalies in that. It's basically pinball. It's fucking random half the time. To lose 13, 12 in a row and 10 in a row right before that, I'm so, you can't be giving full effort. Please tell me you're not. Because if you are, none of you belong in the league. Like, please tell me you're not trying hard enough. Because like, if, if that's not the problem, then, like, Jesus Christ, you're, you're horrible. You're the worst team. No, no, that's that's just it, and that's kind of where their record just doesn't show how bad they are. Like any any stat that you look up about this team doesn't show how bad they are. Their power play, to me, their power play is last. It's last. <laughs> their five on five play last. Their their goals against last. Well, first. So, all right, house burning down, Hunter. Get out of there, kid. All right. <laughs> I wonder, do you think Hunter's like a firefighter? Maybe he has to go respond to a call? I hope that's what it is. I hope he's not in like any sort of... Let us... uh, Hit me up on Twitter, Hunter. Let me know you're all right. Uh, Jack Conroy. Jack. Uh, Hey, Bill. uh, Nice to talk to you. I haven't been in here in a couple of weeks because... you know, I've honestly been taking a break from the Flyers, honestly. Uh, is, because you value your time and yeah. mental well-being. I feel yeah. you. <laughs> I know how sad it sounds, but 
you know, I, I've loved this team forever and, uh, I know it's your job obviously to cover them and stuff, but man, is it freeing to just not care like game start? I don't care because on Saturday I was really thinking about doing the game. It, it was my wife's birthday and we were having a party later that night, but the afternoon we had free and she's like, Oh, you want to just like, you know, go, go over to my mom's, hang out with my niece and nephew. It was like, absolutely. I would rather do anything than watch this team. I bailed on post game. I didn't watch a second of the game and it felt great. It, I mean, if I put on the game, I honestly just feel like so sad and I feel like I want to throw up. But to get to my question, uh, more about Chuck Fletcher, <laughs> but uh, you probably don't want to talk about him. But um, yeah, I won't be watching Wednesday's press conference either because, oh my goodness, I'll be in a fit of rage if I hear, you know, Charlie, we've been hit with a lot of injuries this year. And well, Chuck, last year you said 2020 is a year that we can't afford. And then you made those moves. They didn't work. Whatever, but my question is, would you? I, I know you've said like you're uncertain about what you want the team to do, but say, you know, Thursday, Friday, the organization decides we're doing a full rebuild. Do you want Fletcher out? Because in my opinion, I want Fletcher out. If he got fired Thursday, I'm the happiest man on the planet. Because if they decide they want to do a rebuild and Go to the uh, deadline with Fletcher. I just have no faith in him. And I liked what you said about uh, Giroux. Like, yeah, you have the responsibility of trading him. And, man, I have no faith in him. Yeah, like, you need to get – like, what did we get for Lindros? It was like Kim Janssen, Pavel, Brendel. Like, that can't be what we get back for Claude Giroux. Yeah. And make no mistake about it, this is the biggest thing since then. Uh, I think, like, right now – because Fletcher is the current GM and he's been around a while. He's got relationships around the league. He knows what's available. He knows the value of his own guys, hopefully. Like right now, I think Fletcher's the best guy okay. yeah. for the in season shit. Um, but and then move him out in summer. You, is that what if, you if that's the case, like sure. Uh, I, I just really I'm kind of resigned to the fact he's going to be here another year. Now, maybe not. Uh, listen, if they get rid of him, they get rid of him tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Whatever. He's done nothing to like secure his job as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if you're going to move, get rid of the GM, it's an off season move. Um, I think they just have too many moving pieces right now. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I don't know if your opinions changed, but are you still on team? Uh, if you decide to do the rebuild, you only keep Hart or and like I know you're saying keep like Hayes or Atkinson as leaders. Are you, you know, you you uh, want to keep like Provorov around? Or are you on peace? Everybody like just uh, yeah. You're not going to be able to move every single guy. Uh, like Ivan Provorov, you know, if you have, if you eventually come up with a first and a second defenseman, and Ivan Provorov's on your second pair, maybe he can be what he's supposed to be, you know, in that role. Or, uh, but I, I, listen, everyone's on the table. Uh, there, there's, you know, obviously, like, yeah, unless we're getting, you know, Miko Rantanen or something, I'm not moving Carter Hart, and it would take a lot for me to part with Joel Farabee, but. Everyone is really on the table. I think you need to move at least one of the Travises. Uh, yeah, there's 
you know, you're going to need some veterans around. There have to be. It can't just all be kids. There always have to be at least a couple of veterans. I think Hayes and Atkinson are kind of perfect for the role because they're good players. They're fun players to watch when they're healthy. Uh, they seem like good locker room presences, and I don't think they're good enough to win them any games. You know, like it, I said it before, it won't be like Jake and G. They're not that good. Yeah. Uh, so it won't. It won't be the difference between drafting fifth and drafting twelfth. Like they'll be a bad team still, just with a couple of guys we kind of like. Yeah, and one more quick thing. Uh, I don't know if you've put any thought into the draft because it's so early. Uh, are you wanting like a a center, preferably, uh, if we have one of these top picks this year? If they uh, don't go on a win streak, I'm praying they yeah. they don't <laughs> do that. Uh, I just want I just want skill and speed. I want difference making players. I want the most skilled guy available. I don't care about his position. They need everything. They don't have any like they don't have a one or two C. They don't have a you know a skilled uh, game breaking winger. They don't have a first pair defenseman. They don't have anything that they need. So as long as they don't draft like a goalie or a slow center, uh, they're pretty much they pretty much can't miss. All right, thanks, Bill. You're the man. All right, appreciate it, Jack. Uh, thanks a lot. It was as soon as, <laughs> as soon as Hunter, you know, his alarm goes off, then I, I put Jack on the line, and the train goes by my house. So it sounds like something's crashing through my house. But uh, it looks like we have another call before we wrap things up. Bomb, bomb, you're live. Hey, Bill, how are you? Thanks for having me on here. How you doing tonight? You got it. How are you tonight, Bomb? I'm doing well. Hey. First time, uh, you know, stumbling into the show here. I think you got a great thing going. Um, someone sent me the link, and I figured, you know what, i got to sign up for an account, get your thoughts. Um, I did not watch the game tonight, but I'm trying to figure something out here, Bill. I mean, I read the Flyers are the first team in NHL history, two 10-game losing streaks within the first 40 games. And then I'm reading this nonsense about Keith Yandel. They're talking about him as if he's Cal Ripken Jr., what do we owe this guy? Why the That's, hell are we allowing him to continue to lace, lace up these skates? And he's he's terrible. What are the thoughts? That's something that's been bothering me all year. Is like it means nothing to us. Like if Ivan Provorov, like if he doesn't miss those games because of COVID, like ten years from now, if Ivan Provorov's Provorov's knocking on the door of this uh, of this streak. Like, okay, sure, because we watched all those games. But Keith Yandel is some mercenary who signed a league minimum deal to be here because we didn't have six guys. Like, he's friends with Kevin Hayes. He's horrible. And, like, the the streak itself is meaningless. The only reason he has the streak is because he has a streak going. It's the only thing keeping him in the lineup. It's It's a chicken and egg situation. Like, he wouldn't be breaking this record if he didn't already have the thing going because he stinks. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's total horse shit. Like, what do we get out of it? I mean, and then I read he was a healthy scratch in three of the playoff games last year on the Panthers. It's like, first of all, it's a fraudulent streak. But you're right. He mean, he means nothing to us. It's not like he's contributing. Different story if he was playing well. Oh, yeah, great. You know, good for you. Long career. But he's playing like. Yeah, and like it's not the it's not the entire span of his career. It's just the last 964 games or whatever the foot. Like the whole thing is you're right. It's a joke. It's it's absolutely meaningless. You know, if it means something to him, 
good for you, guy. I'm happy you got your thing, but I couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, let's see here. That looks like, uh, was that it? I thought we had one more speaker request, but it looks like we are done for the night. Uh, so I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Let you rem- uh, let you know I will be right back here tomorrow. We're going to do this all over again. Let's see if they can get the 13. Uh, the hope every night, of course, is the Flyers lose in regulation, get no standings points, continue to move down in the draft order, and uh, hopefully end up with, like, you know, a couple of good players at some point. And wouldn't that be nice? Just some some star caliber players who are, uh, you know, young on rookie deals, uh, leading a new generation because the generation we're living through right now fucking blows. Uh, but that's it. Yep. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. I guarantee you'll have a better time listening to the Broad Street Hockey feed, uh, podcast feed, than you will watching the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, low bar, certainly, but I am positive we will clear it. All right, uh, that's it for me. Again, I'll be back here after tomorrow's game. Hopefully uh, a bunch of you were with me. Uh, until then... Have a great week, everybody.